I'm Allie of Hocus Pocus Collector. And I'm Will of Spooky Will. And we are the Black Flame Society. We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and other spooky news and updates with you. While having fun, meeting friends, and making every day feel like it's Halloween. So come on in and join the society. On today's episode of the Black Flame Society, join us as we continue to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Hocus Pocus as we sit down for an interview with the one and only Vanessa Shaw. Vanessa has played many iconic roles over her career, but our favorite is her role as Allison in Hocus Pocus. We talk to her about her experiences with Hocus Pocus. We even discuss Hocus Pocus 2 and maybe a little about Hocus Pocus 3. So tune in as we sit down with Vanessa Shaw. Thank you so much for joining us, Vanessa, here on the Black Flame Society. We're so excited to talk to the one and only Allison. Yes! (laughs) Thanks, Allie. Thanks, Will. (laughs) So can you tell us a little about the audition process you went through to land the role of Allison? We have heard that you were called the night before you actually started filming to let you know that you got the role. Is that true? Uh, Okay, so now I'm remiss because (laughs) I forgot to ask my mother who would know more about my interview process, my audition process. So recently I was talking to her about Hocus Pocus and, you know, it's the 30th anniversary and she's just, you know, came out and said, yeah, you were waiting for like months and months. We auditioned and then we didn't hear anything for months and months. And I feel bad because I feel like there are countless amounts of interviews where I was like, I think I was the last cast. And, (laughs) you know, it took like two days or something. So you're the first to know that I am wrong. And it's always better (laughs) with your teenage brain in the past to ask your mother who was there to corroborate. So anyway, so she told me, I was in a similar position as the rest of the cast. So I just found out through a recent fan convention that most of the cast who I spoke with on stage all had the same waiting period of months and months. They auditioned and then didn't hear for a long time. I think everyone, um, save for Doug Jones, I think he maybe had a shorter amount of time to wait. But yes, so it was a long process. I remember only two auditions, though, in that process. But the waiting period in between was pretty long. (laughs) And I am corrected. I stand corrected. (laughs) And did you steer call screen testing with Omri or did that not happen? Yes. So the first audition was with Kenny Ortega, the director. I had an audition with him, which was with the casting directors at Disney Studios. And we read the audition, apparently. And then I recall leaving the audition, heading to the parking lot with my mom and hearing someone go, Vanessa, Vanessa. And it was Kenny run out after me. And he said, you know what, can you just come back and do it again? do something differently. And I just thought, wow, this, I already love this guy. Like, I hope I get to work with him because what director runs out after talent, you know, usually you get your, your minions, your people um, (laughs) to go and run out. And he was doing it, you know, hoofing it, running it over to me. And so I went back in, I have no recollection of what the actual audition was from then then there on. But I just remember being smitten with Kenny after that you know, gesture to come get me himself and passionately doing it, you know. And yes, the next time, which was now, as I stand corrected, apparently months and months later, I was in the Disney studios again in a more of a theater-like, you know, venue for us. I guess they may have screened movies in there. 
And we went in and we read, you know, Omri and I read, and we knew that Thora had gotten the part already. She was, you know, had a contract with the studio. So they're like, oh, she's going to do the movie. And I had already seen her in a few movies already. And so it was just me and Omri for a chemistry read. There was a young unknown actor who I already knew from doing a TV show called Great Scott with Tobey Maguire. And he was friends with this actor. um, And his name was Leonardo DiCaprio. And he was going to audition as well and screen test, but he fell out. So this was an interesting time in the history of young actors in Hollywood in the 90s because it was a very small group of people. So I already knew Leo, but I didn't know Omri at all. So this was the one and final screen test. And it was pretty much ours after that. I have no idea if there were any other Allisons. I asked Mick Garris this question. He was like, you know, and was very sweet and funny. And was like, because we were just waiting for you, Vanessa. But um, I, I was like, I was like, I, you know, you hear down the line. Oh, yeah, I auditioned for that. Like, you know, especially with social media these days. And I've heard nothing. Like, I have no idea who my contenders were. There was only one other person for Omri. So that was it. And we were together and Max and Allison forever. Yes, ma'am. When when they knew, they knew. So they just went with you guys. Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory from your time during filming Hocus Pocus? I always feel like it's cheating, but am I allowed to say every moment? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so true because, I mean, the backstory for me is I grew up watching Disney movies. I was so impassioned with like Haley Mills and her movies, of course, you know, watched Mary Poppins and was obsessed with Julie Andrews. So I love Disney movies. So I feel like I was predisposed to being obsessed over getting this part. And my favorite movie of all time was The Wizard of Oz. So I literally was like, I freaking manifested this movie. I obsessed over Disney movies. I wanted to do a movie about, you know, I I got a movie about a witch, you know, with a 16 year old girl who's the lead in it. I was just like, that's the same age as Judy Garland was. So I was like, I was ready for this movie. So it literally made me feel like every moment was so fun. What I say to people is I feel like I would have watched this movie regardless, like this movie would have been my jam anyway. So I just feel honored to be in it and it would have been my obsession as well. I feel like it was every day because Penny, who was at the helm as our director, just was so magical and fun and knew how to interact with not only the three leads of, you know, the witches, but us three leads as well. I think that's a a beautiful like marriage of, you know, working with adults and children, you know, equally as as well. I really feel like every day was magic. He would just come to the you know set and go, hello, and just like have some grand gesture. And this is what we're doing today. It just felt like it wasn't like, oh, hey, hi, you're here. Okay, this is what we're doing. It was just like, this is what we're doing. And it's going to be so fun. And Omri and I and Thora joke that he infused life within us because we were like these languid teenagers, you know, after, you know, two or three takes of doing something, you're like, I'm tired, I'm hungry, you know, just because you're like prepubescent or pubescent. And he would just be like, more and faster and just like try to infuse some life into us. So really was Kenny is the, the credit to our enjoying our time thoroughly every single day. Yeah, that's really nice. Do you have like a particular scene that's your favorite? Like once the film had finished, was there any particular moment where you were like, do you know what that is? That's perfect. I love that. Okay, so my favorite scene is... 
when Max brings the witches back because it wasn't me, okay? Max brought them back. (laughs) (laughs) And again, in the similar vein of me just loving adventure, I could watch, again, Wizard of Oz over and over again and feel that sense of adventure every time it began. So I literally could have done that scene, you know, a million times. I just loved that there was the practical effects in that scene where, you know, when, when Max lights a candle, you know, the, the lights go out and they start popping and the floorboards move and there's like green light that comes through the floor and the wind is blowing. And it was like, I just remember when they said action, it was just like, like the sound came and it was, there was no need to act at all. (laughs) Like you were just like, I literally could fall over to the floorboards and moving that. The wind is blowing and I can't, I'm screaming and I can't even hear myself screaming. You know, that kind of real tangible effects, you know, which uh, what practical effects are so good for. And so it's my favorite scene because I love watching it. I loved being in it. And I love the button at the end when Thora goes, I'm virgin with her hat over her head. Let the candle, you know. <laughs> It's just the best scene ever. And I really, you know, no one's going to give me credit if it happens, but I really believe it should be a ride at Disney World and Disneyland. Like you light the candle as a person coming into the ride, you know, because I want people to experience what I experienced. It was so fun. Like it was literally a ride. Like I was like, okay, let's do it again, you know, because it was so fun. When we interviewed David Kirshner, he had talked about really hoping that it eventually becomes some sort of ride at Disney World, Disneyland, in Salem somewhere. And that would, we completely agreed. We had so many fun ideas, but it's starting with it lighting the candle and kind of going through the movie would be so much fun. So Disney, if you're out there listening, Allison, Allison's in, both Allison's are in. Let's do it. I know, both Allison's <laughs> in. I know we're all in the same wavelength, I guess, you know, David Kirshner and I. So yeah. We always ask everybody we interview, many of curiosity and we did ask Henri this question and he let us know that he recently found the tie-dye shirt he wore in the film we were wondering do you have any props or is there anything you kept from the film that you still have i have allison's earrings so the you know there you can't really tell too much that's like not a centerpiece piece of jewelry because i feel like her necklace is more the centerpiece jewelry but i have her earrings i got this little like as a wrap gift from Kenny, um, I think it was just to me and Thora, a painted box, jewelry box that has the image of the witches when they're flying over in the sky. And it's kind of a pink and blue tinged sky. So it's literally the an artistic rendering of that image. It's so cool. Yeah. And inside was like this little jingly witch's ball, which was very cute. Here's your first piece of jewelry in this box. Yeah, so those are the two things that I have. I really hope this is not the case. And it's just another thing that I messed up in terms of my memory. But I believe I was offered the cape, the red cape, the red riding hood cape. But I said no, because I was a weird teenager. And I was like, no, I'm okay. You know, it's just there's so many things that I said no to, like, as a kid and my mom would listen. She's like, all right, she doesn't want it. You know, but I was like, you should have just stolen it and kept it for posterity. She's like, you would never let me do that. And I was like, that's true. I wouldn't have. (laughs) That was a stubborn kid. Beautiful cape, beautiful little jacket she had going on. So at what moment did you realize that Hocus Pocus had shifted from its original flop, as they like to call it, to such a huge success? Collectively, I feel like we came up with an idea and I I believe there should be a forensic hocus pocus person. (laughs) 
who dives deep into when it started to research because you know when do you get an opportunity to understand how cult classics work like you know and this has become that but I believe it was like around 2008-ish is when I started finding inklings of it and really you know we're coming upon the 30th anniversary next month but it was really like almost like you know again 2008 would be like you know um years before the 20th anniversary it feels like that was get ramping up and it makes sense because before the 20th anniversary it had been out for 20 years the people who watched it as teenagers or younger were now starting to get married or have kids themselves and they wanted to perhaps return to their childhood or show it to their kids even if they weren't old enough they'd have nieces and nephews they would want to show it to and so I feel like that's kind of around that time was like murmurings of, oh yeah, you were in Hocus Pocus. Because before it was like funny things like, you look like Hillary Swank. And I was <laughs> like, that was it. But then I most distinctly remember like going to a juice bar in 2008. And this lady's like, even through my, I had dark hair for a movie I was doing called Two Lovers. She was like, I think you look like Hillary Swank, but you also look like this girl from Hocus Pocus. Do you know that movie? I was like, that's me. And she was like, oh my God, you know. So she was, I think she was maybe a few years younger than me, like in her early 20s. So it kind of made sense that she'd watch it as a kid and still watched it as she got older. Again, also at the same time, I feel like the early 2000s, obviously brought about Disney, the Disney Channel, you know, ABC Family which is connected to Disney. And that was like eight years of that kind of showing of that on repeat, the decline of DVDs, you know, that came became where people were obsessed watching it and not renting it. So I feel like that was around the time of 2008. Then when we went to the 20th anniversary, it was a D23 anniversary at Disney Studios. And we just thought it was going to be like a screening and a talk. And after we left the screening, Laura and Omri and I were just chatting outside and all of a sudden we look around and we're like, you know, people are like, hey, can I get a picture with you? And another person's like, can I get a picture with you? And then we started getting separated and people like were like, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, bye, you guys. I don't know what's going on, you know. <laughs> and that was really weird. We were like, wait, this is a thing now. And that theater was packed. Q&A went well. And that was the time that David Kirshner said, I'm thinking of, or I've been talking with Disney about doing a sequel. So we were all like, oh, okay. You know, 2008, you know, now here we are, 30, 30th anniversary. And it's just snowballing. I can't even believe how much it's gained attention to now they're going to have a third movie which is amazing. It's crazy. And we'll get into that in a second. What is it that you think has made Hocus Pocus a well-loved and timeless classic? For me, again, I'm a sucker for adventure. So my two top favorite movies, well, first, like I mentioned, is Wizard of Oz, but also Back to the Future. I think there's something about a well-done adventure movie, you know, with kids involved. It just hooks you in as a child. And that adrenaline rush of, they're going to do it again. And, and, you know... There's a reason why we go to roller coaster rides or we just, you know, experience something that is that adrenaline rush. It just kicks in as if you've never seen it ever. You know, it's literally all brand new again. And I just believe, again, with my favorite scene being the example, it just brings you into this world of 
adventure and what's going to happen to them. A little bit of scary, a lot of comedy, characters of the witches. You know, I don't feel like anyone could play those characters ever. Like, that would anyone else could have played those characters. They were just incredible. And again, the magic of Kenny Ortega. I just feel like he knows how to create that proven before and since then, you know, that that sweet spot of a magic where people want to watch it over and over again. Again, I feel like families want to watch it together. It's really interesting because now I feel like Hocus Pocus is synonymous with like trick-or-treating and Halloween candy. Like it's just a tradition now. It's like, yeah, that's what you do. You go, you either go out before, uh, you know, you watch the movie before you go out after trick-or-treating or you do it after it's like whatever way you do it you still do it you know <laughs> it's like and again I feel like it's good for the whole family and it's not too scary and it's kind of a gateway drug to the horror film which I feel <laughs> like people love horror as well so I mean it's weird Hocus Pocus is, is listed as a horror film on IMDb and like that's so funny fantasy horror okay they should use that tagline, the gateway drug to I know. horror movies. I love that. <laughs> it's true, though. It yeah. is. Over the past five, six, seven years or so, a lot of Hocus Pocus merchandise has been released. Do you have a favorite piece that you've seen or you own? Ooh, I don't own any. None? Wow. I know. What have I seen? Well, they don't even have a pop of Allison. I would own that. Exactly. My next question but was, but there isn't a lot of Allison merch. So. No, not a lot of Allison merch, which is why is she dissed? I don't know. Same with Max, which is funny. Yeah. Anyway, we're coming back. We're going to be the top of the merch. No, I'm kidding. I just feel like there's so many little cute, funny things. I mean, I'm curious to look at the Lego merch that's coming out, which could be fun. I really don't have any... I need to make my own merch, I think. <laughs> What <laughs> this seems like a great let's collab here we can come together and make some Allison and Max merch because we want it too the only actual merch they have besides um Hot Topic had released a Max tie-dye t-shirt um the one that Omri wears now and then but they, you guys have the little keychains but other than that that's it and we see so much opportunity of a large Funko Pop with in front of the ropes mansion with all three of you out there as little characters. There's so much opportunity. So hopefully this year for the 30th. We'll get on it. <laughs> and if not, we'll do it ourselves. Yeah, I I do like the little, oh, there's so many Banks stuff that I love. I just love the kitschy t-shirts that people have like of Billy and just like funny little things like wake me up when I'm dead or really dead mm-hmm. or something. And of course, all the t-shirts that of the three witches are funny too, like squad or again, I don't own any of them. So I wouldn't recollect the full gamut of all those merch. But I always laugh when I see it. It's good on someone who's wearing it. If you could have played any other role in Hocus Pocus apart from Alison, who would you play? Definitely Sarah. I just love her. She's my favorite witch. She's just so funny. I feel like I just love her ditziness and her cluelessness. But also she's like fierce, of course, too, like just chomping down on insects. And and I just feel like she just embodies like that innocence, but kind of like cute and ditzy as well. And she's hot as well. It's so funny because I finally showed my son Hocus Pocus. He's still scared of that one. He likes two better because it's not as scary for him. He had a full review afterward. Like he loved the movie and he's like, 
And he was like, and Winnie, she was scary and tough. And Mary, she's funny. And why does she have her mouth like this? And then, you know, and then Sarah, she's really pretty and she sings. And I'm like, yeah, she's really cool. And I love her too. And what did you think about Allison? He's like, who's Allison? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, <"Mama."> no. <laughs> mama you were good i feel like he thinks i was just like hanging out there like not really a part of the movie you know he can't quite separate me from the character yet you know it's really funny so yeah we both share a love for sarah it's cute speaking of your other projects where does hocus pocus does it fall towards the top we never want people to say i mean if it was your favorite go ahead and say it but we never want people to rank but is it towards the top of the list of projects that you've worked on over your career it really is For a while when it was seen as a flop, I had this like twinge of sadness because I just felt like it deserved more. And and so, you know, I would would say, and I did this Disney movie, Hocus Pocus, and people had no clue. And, you know, it was so, it was so on the back burner for most people, you know, and so they just never would pay attention to that, you know, and I, I'd really grown to be, you know, a more established actress with like serious directors. And so that fun part of my life, I would just kind of pipe in and say, and I did this. That was my favorite time. You know, basically to answer your question, it was one of my favorite, my favorite movies I've done just because from beginning to end, as I, as you asked, you know, what's your favorite moment or memory? It's just all of it. It really truly was fun from beginning to end behind the scenes and in front of the camera. So yes, it rates close to the top. And it's because of the people involved and the experience I had. You've somehow fallen into, as we just talked about, the horror genre. You don't like horror movies, correct? How did this happen to you? (laughs) I don't know. Could you help me? I don't know. (laughs) Let's save her. Let's get her out of here quick. (laughs) I had, I asked a director one time who I worked with, I said, you know, because he offered me the role in in a horror movie. And I said, you know, what prompted you to hire me for this, you know? And he's like, I just always feel that people have compassion for you. Like you bring an element of compassion. And that's what I feel is always important for a horror movie. Because otherwise, if you don't care about the lead characters running from whomever, then you just don't care about it at all, you know? I thought that was very sweet and kind. And I think that you people have compassion for me because I'm scared. (laughs) It's real fear, you see. It's not acting. (laughs) Well, because any actor knows that you always, if you're whenever you're in a role, you're like, you do what ifs, you know? So what if it's basically how you get into a scene is like, you have to do it if this, imagine it as if it were happening for real. And I'm just like, I would be out of my mind. You know, it's not. I'm not going like, ooh, this is fun and look at all the, you know, the blood or whatever I'm doing. I'm just like, this is really happening. I'm bleeding out. And so I put myself fully in it. And that's the only way I can watch horror movies is the ones I've done. Otherwise, I'm so scared. I I am especially scared of the old. The worse the production value is, the scared, more scared I am. Like, because I'm like, oh, my God, someone's in the shadows because it's like dark the whole movie. You know, no one lit it or whatever. Like Friday the 13th, you know, scares me. I even my mom told me like I wanted to watch Gremlins because my friend wanted to watch it. And she's like, I don't know, Vanessa, you're not going to like it. And I was like nine or 10, I think when it came out. And I went and then I was, of course, up all night. And my mom's like, I told you, you know, just I just imagine it so fully, you know, hard for me to not 
get completely immersed. So, you know, the movie I did, Hills Have Eyes, I knew all the people involved so I could watch it freely and not be scared. I would never watch that movie just on my own for pure enjoyment. I, I don't get it. I don't get a sense of happiness watching it. But to further answer your question, I put myself into it. And I think that's what people respond to is like, some people treat horror as just like, oh, it's kind of a, it's its genre and that's it. But if you're really playing the reality of the scene, then people get really even more scared. So I feel like perhaps that's why I keep getting cast in horror movies because I bring the reality home personally and <laughs> in my work. <laughs> Within the last couple of years, you've attended cons more. Has there been any particular highlight so far, whether it's with fans or working with your co-stars again? Yeah, you know, it's so funny because when we're doing these cons, it's just like as if we're 16 again, and I just have the best time. It's so fun. Um, like no time has changed in the past. I feel like recently we did like a commentary. Omri and Jason Marsden and I did a commentary over basically the, there was a bunch of people at the con they wanted to see the movie and they wanted to hear our commentary over it live. And that was an amazing memory just because hearing what anyone else was thinking during that moment or like, you know, I, I tripped and fell in that scene and I was like barely my leg hurt or whatever, you know, like, or complimenting each other saying, oh, you're so good in that moment. And just one thing we we noticed, which was funny is like, because watching the whole movie, you're like able to see how the character has the arc. But then I was also seeing like how we started off as these little like munchkins in my, like my imagination. Cause we're so tiny in the beginning and our voices were a little higher. And by the end we're like, hello, you know, just like <laughs> we all matured. And I just feel like honestly, like someone, and I was saying that during the commentary, I was like someone needs to like splice the, our faces from the beginning and our faces at the end. Cause like, we literally look like different people. And you can't tell because it's the whole movie and they shot it basically in order. But I just think it's funny, especially like Omri and Thora. She looks different. And yeah, and our voices are much deeper. <laughs> I'm going to have to pay close attention to that next time we watch. Well, we'll have to pull that together. <laughs> so we asked Omri this question and his response was he did not recall, but that you have a much sharper brain and memory and we have to check with Vanessa. So here we are checking with Vanessa. <laughs> My favorite scene in Hocus Pocus is where at the end of the movie where Binks tells Danny he shall always be with her, walks away to the gates with Emily. We've seen earlier versions of the script, though, where Max and Allison share a kiss and Max says something along the lines of, you made a believer out of me. Did you film this scene or did it never make it off that first draft? Interesting. I I wonder if you read the same draft or have the same draft of the movie that I originally read months and months prior for getting the actual part. Was it a much scarier script? It, it was a bit darker. It had that. It had a few other side stories going on. There was the pumpkin patch, that sort of stuff. A pumpkin patch? God, I don't recall that. Okay. We'll have to talk offline. I'm like, what, what was the... I just remember it being more like The Wizard of Oz in my mind. Like, you know, scary witch, you know, running for our lives kind of feeling. And I do not recall a kiss at the end, but we did not do, we never shot that scene. So it was definitely the current draft that I'm sure you have as well. And again, it was mixed version of it was scarier. And then obviously they hired another writer to 
bump up the comedy part of it. And I feel like they took out the kiss part to even make it more Disney accessible, I think, you know, or... We had said to Omri, 16-year-old you would remember kissing Vanessa. Ah! So come on, Omri. <laughs> don't don't play coy with us here. <laughs> I know. What is he saying? God. We'll have to ask him. Next time he's on, we'll, we'll circle this back. Come on, Omri. <laughs> um, so there's a fairy online floating around, and it's kind of going back to... It kind of ties in perfectly with you wanting to play Sarah's character, if you could. There's a fairy online that maybe Alison is a witch, because the Circle of Soul, her cape. So there's kind of a few nods that she might be, or a descendant of a witch. Do you think she might be? There are so many arrows pointing to yes on this question. Interestingly enough, when we were preparing for the movie and I was, you know, doing all the, you know, costume fittings and all of that, costume designer really pointed out that she wanted to make sure there was a bit of old world in my costumes, that my wardrobe would have a, a nod to something in that way. And it was more that she and Kenny or whoever else came up with the idea that because she's so knowledgeable about the Sandersons and that her mother ran the museum, that, you know, she would have things of historical value, you know, embedded in her wardrobe. So, you know, she pointed out that in my sweater, she's was going to kind of thread a, a bit of, of leather through it to kind of give it, you know, a old world kind of feeling. And even my necklace, she was like, this could have been given to you as an heirloom. But now that I watch the movie, I'm like, if you pay attention to my necklace, I change it. I I did not remember doing this as an actor, but I not only change my, when I say I'm going to go change my clothes from the ball gown to, you know, my normal clothes, I also change my necklace. So my necklace was a cameo, you know, appropriate for the costume I was wearing. But then I put on a different necklace and the necklace is gold with like red jewels. And if you cross the jewels and make a lines, make lines through it, it looks like a pentagram I've never uh, or a this. pentacle. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> and I was like, I never noticed that. But now that I'm doing these fan conventions and there are pictures of it close up that I'm signing for people, I'm like, wait a minute. You could draw a star in there. So I just, you know, why would Allison change her necklace? Is she trying to, is it a, is it a, a necklace of protection? Again, in my preparation for it was very old, it was old world, you know, and I just didn't pay enough attention as a teenager. But now I'm like, is this intentional or unintentional? Because it's really working. Support this rumor that Allison was a witch. And of course, you know, her mother ran the museum. Why did it shut down? We don't know. We only know it's a lot of spooky things happen there. But there's just another piece of information that I saw where there was a a fan and he has a bit of prop, a prop from the Hocus Pocus set. And the prop has a picture of Allison's mother opening the museum. Her date does not make sense. She's way older than what my mother would be. Of course, it's just a prop. But then I started re- looking at his post and I was like, wait a minute. Are Allison and her mother immortal? Like, <laughs> this woman is from the 50s. How is she Allison's mother? She's 20 and 25 in the 50s. 
with it, you know, some 50s glasses because the date says something like 1950-something. And I was like, that wouldn't make sense that she's Allison's mother. You know, she needs to be born in the 50s, not 25 in the 50s. So it was really, I was like, I love this. I'm going down a rabbit hole of my own. So anyone out there, I'm with you, including you. She's a believer. I'm a believer. I was like, this is like, it's piecing like 20 years later, you know, 30 years later now. Like what? I feel um, honored to be a part of this, this rumored conspiracy. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> this rumored tale of, of, of actually Allison being a witch. And so unfortunately, Allison did not return in Hocus Pocus 2. But what do you think she'd be up to now? Did her and Max make it where they live and what's going on? (laughs) I think, you know, of course, everybody wants a happy ending. And I feel like Allison and Max did come together. But I feel like they're still like funny with each other. And she drives him crazy and he drives her crazy. But, you know, I, I feel like she is you know a major staple in Salem so it it would make sense that she's still there so it is it is strange that she wasn't in two but you know even Thora and I were like talking we're like even if Max and Allison don't make didn't make it which could have been Max being like I hate this place I'm gonna go back to California Allison would stay like Allison is through and through a Salem resident of Salem like her whole family is there so there could be many different ways it goes you know I think especially when you're three teenagers or three children bonding over something as crazy as like bringing witches back to life and then defeating them. You're not going to be separated from those people. You're bonded for life. So again, I would love if Alice and Max make it in the end and, uh, and have their own kids and all of that. But regardless, they're deeply connected for life. And you said you watched Hocus Pocus 2 with your son. What were your general thoughts about the film? I think it's good for him. It's a good, you know, introduction to Hocus Pocus. Even though I was like, no, we're not watching Hocus Pocus 2. We're watching Hocus Pocus 1. He's like, but I want to see that one. Because for some reason, the poster grabbed him more or something on that one. And so I forced him to watch the first one before the second one. But I love the musical numbers, you know, which are fun. And my favorite was Taylor. Taylor's are young Winnie. Um, she was great in the backstory. I love that. And I was like really excited. I thought it was a perfect opening right before the the title, which was awesome. I was very excited. And yeah, I, I think it's geared more towards my son's age, like five and under. And I know some people are like, well, we want to see you guys and our nostalgia has not been quenched, <laughs> you know, with that movie, but no, it has not. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, um, I love, again, this, the music is cute. Like Jack wants to listen to it all the time. And he actually loves like the tail end of the movie when they're doing the recording, like in the, you know, the witches are back song, you know, and then, then Beck goes lunch. He thinks that's so funny and he rewinds it and just, it's like his concert. Like he doesn't even really watch the movie anymore. He's like, I want to see that part again just the ending credits. So that's my favorite part is just funny musical parts. And uh, the beginning were my favorite parts of it. Yeah, I always imagined maybe if um, you were in the sequel that Alison would be running the magic shop and probably protecting the magic shop from uh, kind of like replacing Binks in honor of Binks and stopping people from bringing the witches back. I'd love to have seen that. I know, Will. I mean, where is she? It's really weird. I think we're like kidnapped or something. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the run. (laughs) 
I mean, it's interesting because, you know, the sequel book, right? I've read that book, the the sequel, and they are like at one point, you know, banished from Earth, you know? So it's a little like, maybe that's actually what happened for Hocus Pocus too. Max, Danny, and Allison are, are somewhere not on this planet because otherwise they'd be there full battle regalia, you know, trying to help the girls, you know? Yeah, me and Ali always joked when they were filming Hocus Pocus 2 and when they did some reshoots, we were like, maybe this is it. They're bringing back, they're bringing back some more of the original cast. And um, But me and Ali still joke now, if we watch Hocus Pocus 2, we just pretend you guys are in the film. So we'll be like, oh, they're, they're just behind that stool. They're just walking behind that trailer. It's just that they're there, they just can't see them. They're in the candy apple line. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know, apparently Doug was saying they had doubles for us when they were doing the backstory of that. So yeah. we were in there sort of. Well, now Hocus Pocus 3 has been announced, would you like to return? And if so, how do you imagine your character to be in the third film? Of course I would. I just have to set the record straight. None of us were saying no to this project. We just weren't approached. So, so many people are like, feel like we maybe didn't want to do it. You know, again, as you know, I've mentioned, and I know I, I can't speak for the rest of the cast, but I know they they all feel like this was such a treasured time in our lives and so fun. So yeah, if we had an opportunity, we'd totally do it again. That's equally how I feel about three. Yeah, I feel like she's she's definitely a part of Salem history. You know, if she's not, if it doesn't make sense that she's, if she's not running the museum, then maybe she's like a professor or something, you know, teaching Salem's history or the, you know, witch trials history or something like that. And being her funny, wry self, a, probably a mom, just, you know, her strong, badass self that she is. Definitely. We do have an idea, Vanessa, for three, since you guys were left out of two. And we've shared this with a lot of the <laughs> cast we've interviewed. So we're just, we're just going to keep putting it out there in the universe. So in Hocus Pocus 3, the witches are summoned again. And the girls from two realize they can't take down the Sandersons alone. So they need to call Max Allison and Danny, the originals, who took down the Sandersons in the first one. You guys come together, combine your forces, take them down one more time, and it ends the trilogy. What do you think? Yen? Oh, Yeah. Come on, that's amazing. <laughs> she's in Disney. Disney, I, she's in. I, I, am. <laughs> I mean, it has to be. Let's. This is our like Avengers movie, right? It should be. It should be that kind of calling. I mean, but but herself is like, why? You know, she's in in speaking of why there isn't a franchise of Focus Focus. She's like, everybody else has one. Like, you know, it's so easy to do. So yeah, this could be our Avengers movie that is the, the, the final one. What was that one called? I forget now. <laughs> Endgame, I believe. Endgame. Yeah, duh. Endgame, Vanessa. <laughs> Hocus Pocus Endgame. I'm in. I know, I'm right? totally in. <laughs> a little bit of a different question for you then. If you could pick any movie, past, present, or one that hasn't even been made yet, what film would you like to star in? Oh my gosh. Well, I've I've always been interested in doing a musical. I love singing and I'm really getting back into it. I was right when I started acting, I was also singing and playing the piano. But of course, acting took off and I kind of left music behind. I feel like there's something that is always better expressed through music. And yeah, I would just love to do a musical. And a more modern musical, I think, too. I don't feel like I mean it's not saying I couldn't but I just don't feel like my voice is too traditional in its music in a musical theater 
you know, it's kind of dark. This is dark for me to say, but I like, I love that movie, Dance from the Dark, that Bjork did. It's a dark movie, but I loved the topic and the kind of rhythm that was throughout that movie. And interestingly enough, I feel like Hocus Pocus has a musical quality. And of course, Kenny is a choreographer. I feel like that is kind of my gateway drug to musicals, maybe, is having done Hocus Pocus. <laughs> David has said that there possibly is still a Hocus Pocus musical coming to Broadway. They've been working on it. Yeah. So we have our Allison. Let's just get her up there. Ah. <laughs> I don't well, know. I don't, be a little I can't... old to do Allison. No, but... Stop it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can imagine Omri singing and dancing, but I'd love to see it. So let's give it a try. <laughs> I mean, if if Max was doing like some break dancing, of course he would say <laughs> break dancing. Max, I meant. <laughs> I know he still has the moves, Omri, so he can do it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to ask next time we see him to see those in person. We haven't been blessed with yeah. those yet. <laughs> I mean, his back. It depends on how his back is feeling. But yeah. <laughs> it has been thirty years. We get it. <laughs> I know. So you've spoken about your son a few times. You became a mom a few years back. How is it balancing motherhood with also being a full-time working actor? Well, I'm lucky enough to have a husband who's great. You know, we both are working in the industry, so it's a balance between both of our work. But And Jack's grandmother is amazing, too, my mom. Yeah, it, I mean, it takes a village to raise a child, right? So I feel fortunate to have, like, had, you know, been in rhythm with however I've been working. Like, last year, I worked on this show called Swagger for Apple TV+, and it required me to leave a few days here, a few days there. And I was really busy, but my husband and I made it work. And it was even even so busy where I was like doing a convention and then flying to do the rest of the shooting. But somehow it all came together. I think that was even the just the hardest schedule that I had to do. But it, even that was managed. So yeah, I feel like the you have to kind of relinquish some creativity in terms of preparation sometimes. Like I wish I had more preparation to do for the work that I do. But I, you know, again, have good babysitters and like, you know, have when it's necessary, really utilize people. And when I'm not working, I really take the time with my son to really spend time with him. And so when I'm gone, he's not like freaking out, you know, <laughs> so... I think it's important to really, you know, as an artist, it's hard, it's tough. So you have to take the times you do have and really put your whole heart into family life. And then vice versa, like when you have work, you really have to do 100% there. So it's just about you knowing how to navigate that. Finding that balance as with anything else. Yeah. We normally do a lot of lightning rounds, but before we do that, is there anything you want to share with the listeners? Anything you're working on that you want to put out there as well? I'm starting to produce, which is so fun. And it's a YA book that I optioned is starting to, you know, find people to be involved with it. So that's been so amazing because it's getting me out of being just a narcissistic actor. (laughs) (laughs) Like doing things for others is so helpful. And it brings me the same joy, you know, as acting does. So that's been great. I will share more about that when that comes together. And yeah, I feel like the the show that is out right now called Swagger, it's it's cool because it's loosely based on the life of Kevin Durant. And it's a show, it's a basketball show, but it's more a show about like youth in America right now, which of course is my jam. Like I think I'll always have to do something that's youth based because 
I started out in this business. So my passion is for youth. And so this show is great too, because it, it shows, you know, the pressures of social media on someone who is the prodigy. And of course, me having grown up in the business, there was a lot of pressure, but now just the average person has pressure because of social media. And so they're trying to navigate that in the show, um, really showing how, how to deal with that or not deal with it. It's hard, you know? So I just love that there's a show out there addressing that and not in a slick way. It's just very sweet and down to earth. Yeah. Definitely keep us posted on all of your projects. We'd love to share that with the listeners as things continue to come out so they can stay up to date on everything Vanessa. Yeah. Will, do you want to host a lightning round today? Let's do it. Lightning round. I'm scared. Don't be scared. (laughs) I know lightning can be scary from what you've lived through. We get it. But Will's just going to ask a quick question and just give the first answer that comes to mind. There's only six as well, so it's not too bad. First question, favorite Sanderson sister? Well, Sarah. Favorite non-Sanderson character? Danny. That's a good choice. I love Danny. Who is the better brother, Max or Binks? God, you just want to go for the jugular. I mean, Binks. But I have to say, really honestly, like a modern, you know, modern brother-sister relationship like Max and Danny's, I've not really seen since. They struggle with each other and yet they love each other. It's just that's the real dynamic of siblings. So I feel like so happy to have been part of a movie that really shows that. I just love their relationship too. But yeah, I think Binks is the winner. Yeah, absolutely. And he spent 300 years as well, like, honouring his sister as well. <laughs> I guess Omri was done with Danny at the start of the film, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you can be biased with this this question, but if you had to go trick-or-treating with one of them, who would you pick, Alison or Danny? Definitely Danny. And you can also be biased again with this, this question. Favourite Halloween movie? This is hard. Um, as you know, I don't like scary movies, so... I mean, it's hocus pocus. I don't really have, I, I am totally biased, you know? That is not the wrong answer. Good, good one. Yeah, it's really hard <laughs> to beat. I can watch that movie anytime. It's, it's great. Because again, I just enjoy the story and I love everyone's performances. And last question, favorite Halloween candy? Shoot. Okay. This is hard because I'm vegan and there's rarely any vegan options. However... I see now, like I've seen advertisements where there's a vegan version of like Kit Kat or something. So I can't wait to to try that as a Halloween candy because I had, it's in the UK apparently. There's- I've tried it. It's really good. It's really good. And Will, send her some. I will. So I'll find out. I'll send you some. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I had my friend who lives in the UK come and bring it from, and it was the Christmas version of the Kit Kat, I think, like Christmas packaging or whatnot. I was like, oh man, it's happening. So I'm so excited. Now I can like try my favorite candy. So so when I finally have a Halloween Kit Kat version of a Halloween candy, that will probably be my favorite. And our final question for you, Vanessa, today is, is there anything that you would like to say to the fans of the Hocus Pocus franchise who just adore you? I love you guys so much. I feel like you bring the joy that I always have had for this movie and have you know, amplified at times 3 million. And that just makes me even happier to know that this legacy of this film will continue long after I'm gone from this planet. (laughs) And I just feel so excited that I'm part of a, just the repertoire of someone's beloved movies. And I feel like it's all because of you and your love for this film. 
and your nostalgia and your, you know, your sense of adventure to go down this road again and again with us. So thank you. Thank you so much to Vanessa for taking time out of her busy schedule to sit down with us here at the Black Flame Society. We loved chatting with you and we hope to do it again. Don't forget to keep an eye on our Instagram this week as we continue to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Hocus Pocus, ending this weekend with an Instagram Live. Join Will and I to answer some questions and have some Hocus Pocus fun. Thanks for listening and we'll talk soon. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call.